Hello and welcome to the show up dad. This is a podcast with tradesmen. I just want to give you guys a brief overview of what's going on with this podcast. As a father, I've experienced the void created by my absence. I know what it's like to chase success in the workplace while your family falls to second place. This is a podcast for hardworking fathers looking to level up their fathering skills and be more than just a paycheck or a provider for the home. Today, I want to welcome special guest, Andy Aranda. He is an owner of Pure Plumbing LV in Las Vegas, Nevada. He is a father. He's a successful entrepreneur, and he also has a clothing line called Modern Day Tradesman. He wants to, you know, talk about a little bit in the, about that in the podcast. So let's go ahead and welcome Andy Aranda. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, 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 man. Good to good to be here. Uh, great to be on your podcast. I see all the things you're doing out there. It's great, and I think it's an amazing cause what you're what you're out there doing, brother. Because Gosh, you know what? There are a lot of us tradesmen out there that need this, need what you're delivering and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's a great thing. Happy to be here. Awesome, Andy. Let's just go ahead and uh, open up. And, you know, I'm super stoked that you said all the things that you did, dude. You know, I appreciate it. I do this for guys like you, guys who are out there just working hard, busting their butt. You know what I mean? So let's go ahead and uh, kick things off today by having you give listeners an overview of your story and tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so... I was, uh, you know, raised in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, that's where I'm from. Uh, that's how we know each other. And, uh, you know, just like anybody else, I grew up in a family of, of tradesmen. You know, uh, my great-grandfather, my grandfather, you know, my, my dad, uh, and my brother are all in the trade, right? So um, I grew up in a, an environment, a work environment, uh, you know, in a plumbing shop, in a plumbing store. So as a kid... You know, I'd sit there in the plumbing store, playing with fittings, putting things together, making little sculptures, you know, and uh, just kind of keeping myself entertained in the shop while my my family worked. So, um, you know, it was always a, a family environment. Uh, we were all family. We were all working together. And, uh, you know, my grandmother would be there making sure the shop was always clean. She would be showing us how to clean and us how to keep busy, uh, instilling good work ethic. And, um you know, we'd sit there at this little table in the back of the shop um, that we'd set up and we'd all have lunch together, you know, and, uh, you know, people would come into that shop, I think, because they enjoyed supporting a family owned business that's been around since 1940. Mm. Um, so, you know, those those family values uh, with that business is, is what I think drove business and why people enjoyed coming into the shop so much. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I grew up kind of working there, working the shop, learning fittings. Um, and then eventually I went out and started working with my dad, uh, as soon as I got to an age where I could actually lift a shovel and do something. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I really learned how to, how to get into the trade. But, uh, you know, that was kind of my, my first upbringing, you know, throughout high school and stuff like that. Of course, you know, I was kind of a wild kid, you know, and, you know, I, they kind of lost me for a while, you know, to, uh, partying and having fun and, and, uh, you know, I just really wasn't, wasn't focused on, uh, on family and stuff like that, like any, any kid in the teens. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, that has taught me a lot about myself and it's taught me, um, how I need to potentially deal with my family, um, when they get to that age and how I need to need to keep them engaged. Um, but yeah, from there, you know, I, uh, I went to school for a while. Um, I really kind of really screwed that up a lot. Uh, went to art school, um, and uh, I just kind of fell into to bad things, partying, you know, doing 
doing drugs and stuff like that. Something I'm definitely not proud of, uh, a little ashamed of, but I think that's something that uh, us as tradesmen and, and as fathers need to share is, you know, life isn't perfect. You know, we aren't perfect. You know, there are things that we're going to go through in life that, uh, that we're not going to be proud of, but uh, we should never be ashamed to talk about it or to let uh, other people know what we go through because uh, I think we're not the only ones that, you know, that go through that stuff. And, and I think people need to know about it. So after that, really, uh, you know, I, I moved back home, you know, uh, moved back into my dad's house, which he wasn't too happy about. And, uh, you know, started, started uh, getting back into work again. And, uh, you know, once I started getting back into work, I, uh, you know, started doing plumbing and stuff like that. Uh, linked up with another guy and uh, started uh, building spec houses. Uh, kind of had a falling out and uh, that didn't really work out the way I planned, but, you know, the experience was great and I learned a lot and uh, it really kind of developed, developed me into the trades, you know, really fast. So a buddy of mine, uh, he had reached out to me, you know, he had just finished school at UNLV and uh, reached out to me and said, Hey man, uh, you know, I see that you're doing the spec house, you know, that's kind of what I want to do. Um, he just graduated from architecture school. So he came in and, you know, I helped him, uh, you know, build a flip. He flipped it and said, Hey, you know, I've got this, you know, lady out, out in Chicago that I want to, you know, that I'm looking to propose to at some point, you know, I think she's the one and it'd be nice, man, if you came out with me, cause you know, we, we had, you know, really did a good job on this project and, uh, I could really use you out there. So, uh, on the snap of a finger, I said, Hey, okay, I'm going to move to Chicago. At the time, my mom was freaking out. Of course, like any mom with her son moving across the, the country, uh, she didn't think it was such a great idea, but, uh, but I knew it was something that I needed. And I think my friend at that time saw that I was kind of struggling and uh, knew that uh, I was kind of going down the path that, that uh, was destructive. So moved out to Chicago, best thing I ever did. Uh, Cause the moment I moved out there, it was, uh, it was the fight, you know, it was, uh, you know, fighting to get work, uh, get jobs on time. It was the ultimate dose of reality for me because I didn't have family anymore around me. So, uh, so yeah, so, so we got great, you know, we were doing these great projects. Uh, we got good at what we were doing. We were, uh, you know, he was buying places and we'd fix them up and flip them. And, uh, that's how we were making money then. And I did that, you know, from about 2001 to about 2009. And, uh, you know, out there I met my, my now wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, Alexis, and, uh, you know, came out here for a funeral for, you know, for my grandmother and I was on the phone with her, just telling her, man, it's so nice out here. It's so cold in Chicago. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to look at jobs out there. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so, I was, so I'm thinking, you know, okay, she, she probably won't find a job out here. Right. Well, what do you know? A week after she puts it in, you know, puts in her resume, she gets a call and she gets a job offer. So what happens is she says, okay, I'm going to move out to Vegas and you coming? <laughs> you, yeah, you coming basically. And I'm like, well, why, why wouldn't I come? I mean, you're, you're my lady, yeah. but you know, she'd always been a very driven woman and she's a heck of a teacher. You know, she's very compassionate towards, uh, towards kids, you know, that, that come from nothing. And she's been all about, uh, just, just building people. I mean, that's how most teachers yeah. um, are. Right. So, so yeah, she's always been into building people. So I finished my projects out there, uh, Story short, came out to Vegas, um, found out that, that the economy was was really bad out here. Um, some of the companies I was applying for out here just, just weren't hiring. Uh, work was coming to a standstill. So 
um, her grandmother uh, told me, well, why don't you get into plumbing? You know, your family's done this for, for years and stuff like that. Why don't you just get back into it? You know, in my, uh, in my community up in Wisconsin, you know, the plumber has the biggest house on the block. And it's crazy. You know, it's crazy because her grandmother was the biggest advocate for me, you know, and, and really I was no, I was no, I don't know what my wife saw me. I don't know. She maybe saw a hard worker potential like any wife does. And uh, I think she just needed a project because, you know, (laughs) she just, she likes to uh, help people. Right. So I feel like she probably wanted to help me a little bit and she saw a lot of potential. So, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I think her grandmother probably saw that as well. Um, so yeah, so I, I got back, back into the plumbing business, you know, grandmother made me, you know, get back into it and, uh, you know, started doing really well, man, got with a great company, um, had a good boss, you know, he, uh, really helped build me, uh, into, uh, in, in, into what I am today. And I don't think I probably give him enough credit. So if he's listening, he probably has a lot more to do with what I'm doing now than anything. Uh, so credit due to him, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, was doing really good at the company, uh, was really happy, loved going and dealing with clients, loved solving problems. And like anybody, uh, who's in the trades, um, I felt like I was doing good. I felt like I was solving problems, helping people. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was good at it. So I was, I was having a good time, but my wife at the time, you know, she's teaching here in, here in Vegas. Um, she tells me, you know, I'm going to go get my, uh, my MBA in business finance, but we're going to make a deal real quick here. I'm going to go do this, but you are going to help me get this business going. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, the same thing. Didn't think she was going to do it. And she did it. You know, I mean, that's kind of the story of her life, right? She's always been in school. She always says what she's going to do. She's a huge motivator and she's a pusher. So she uh, went, got it done. So I had to fulfill my end of, of the, of the deal. Right. So I really didn't want to leave, leave the place I was in because, you know, I had such good security. I was making really good money. Yeah. And, uh, and I really loved it, man. And, and uh, I was, I was a leader within that company. And uh, you know, anytime you're in a position like that, you got, you got a big, you know, it's a hard decision. Right. So yeah. And, and it causes you to stretch, you know, you got to grow, you know what I mean? Totally. Any kind of growth is uncomfortable, you know, you your level of security, like you talked about, you had your comfort bubble per se. Definitely. And oh yeah, for you to leave that, it took a woman. And you know, one of the things they say is behind every successful man is a good woman. Well, like 100%. change that a little bit that instead of behind you, she's right beside you, pushing you and guiding you. You know what I mean? And oh, totally. We tend to marry our opposites. So whatever you're lacking, your wife has that passion, that that drive that she has completes you. Hundred percent. Your vision, your your you know your your dreaming that you have for greatness, complements mm-hmm. her. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's awesome that you guys are a team. You don't really see that nowadays, but it's 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 really a good testament to your guys' marriage and how you guys dealt together. Well, and you know, the crazy part is, you know, my aunt told me along, you know, in, in, you know, my, my grandmother passed away, you know, unfortunate event, right. That is another story in itself. Um, When she passed away, my, my aunt in the family kind of became the matriarch. Right. You know, so, um, you know, she would always tell me, she's like, you know, Andy, when you choose a woman um, just remember this, like you are not only choosing her, but you're choosing her family. Right. 
And I never knew what she meant by that. But, you know, my, my wife's family, you know, and, and I didn't plan for this, right? She just, she comes from a great family, you know, um, great values, strong values, strong educational values. And, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I first told her, her father that I wanted to marry her, um, he told me, you know, you better be financially stable if you're going to marry my daughter. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh man, I don't even know how to, how to handle that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the only thing I could really do is like, you know, put my pride aside and just self-reflect on myself and where, where my life is going. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really was the kick in the butt that I needed because, man, I have this great girl, this great family. And the father said, hey, if you're going to marry my daughter, you need to be financially stable. So that changed a lot, man. As soon as I, I came to Vegas, um, I mean, I dropped everything. I mean, there was no um, drinking every day. There was no uh, smoking weed. There was no drugs, nothing. I mean, it was pretty much like, you know, you're, you're getting your stuff together. Yeah. Um, you're, you're going to be a success. Um, and if you don't, you're going to lose probably the best thing that you've, that you've ever had. Okay. So for me, you know, I took that very serious and, uh, I think that's what pushed me here in, here in Vegas, but, uh, you know, long story short. So we, we, we started our business, right. Started out of the, started out of my garage. It was just me, a van, um, you know, the necessary tools to get going and a little bit of money in the bank and, you know, uh, every day I was out there, you know, busting my butt, uh, making jobs, making jobs happen. And I think that was probably one of the funnest times of my life because it was just me. It wasn't complicated at all. Yeah. You know, we, we, we hadn't had kids yet. Right. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is we've been trying to have kids like for years, you know, uh, since we got married and it took us like four years before we finally got pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of like accepting that maybe we weren't going to have kids. And, uh, you know, thank God I was, I've been involved with the, the church, you know, I grew up Catholic. So, um, you know, our priest at the time, you know, before we got married, these were discussions that he brought up to us. Yeah. Um, you know, he said, Hey, if, if, if your wife can't have kids, are you okay with that? And, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So he prepped us for some of these things that, you know, could cause, uh, could cause marriages to just crumble. Yeah. So I thought that that was, uh, you know, extremely valuable because it really, um, lets these young people know, um, you know, if something happens, are you going to stick by, are you going to stick by her? Um, if you see yourself having five kids and that doesn't happen, what's going to happen? Is there going to be a divorce? Because then maybe you need to reconsider. Right. So I think it's super valuable for people, you know, that are, uh, that are getting married to have some type of, uh, uh, mentor, uh, counselor or, you know, um, religious, you know, advocate that can, uh, you know, help them you know, help them before they, they make that big jump. But anyway, so we get the business going little by little, it starts to grow. Um, we get an office location. Uh, her cousin comes in, you know, and, and, and starts helping me, you know, he was going to come to school out here at UNLV. So he was a big help in getting this thing going because if not, I wouldn't have anybody to answer the phones. <laughs> so as soon as, as soon as the phone stopped, you know, wouldn't stop ringing and it got too crazy for me and him to handle then Alexis finally said, uh, you know, my wife, Alexis finally said that, uh, maybe it's time that I come and join the business. That was tough mm. because, uh, that was the point of no return Yeah, because I had this great health insurance, right. Through the school system, which, uh, which, which we both loved. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she loved her job as a teacher and her dad at the time was, was a little devastated, I believe, because, you know, he was happy for us that we had this business going, 
but then he's always been like a very cautious, you know, take a, take a solid step forward, uh, but never backward. Right. So he said, are you sure this is the right thing for you to be doing right now? Right. Because, you know, you love teaching and, and I get it, this business is going, but are you sure you guys are stable enough? And uh, she said, dad, you know what? I, uh, we got this, you know, we're going to make it happen. And as soon as she stepped out, man, we started to uh, just catch fire. You know, we, we, we hired a couple, you know, really good guys um, that really, uh, you know, helped us, you know, build the business. And, uh, you know, from there, we just, uh, we just took fire, man. And uh, happy to say now I've got over 50 employees. Um, I've got a warehouse, you know, 5,000 square foot warehouse where I have all my, my material, my supplies. And I also have a shop that's about 7,500 square feet that uh, we operate out of. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been really good. And I think, you know, the, the, the main thing is right now, um, you know, with modern day tradesmen, which is, which is the brand of clothing that I'm, you know, that, that I have out there, Yeah. you know, I've got the website going. Um, there's going to be information on there for, for, for people, for tradesmen, for anybody who is interested in the trades, there's going to be information on, on there. And it's going to include everything that, I have personally been through. Um, it's going to include some cool gear. You know, if you're proud of being in the trades, you know, get you some trades gear, get you some modern day tradesman gear, man. Cause you know, linemen, plumbers, electricians, no matter iron workers, whoever it is you are out there, um, you guys can wear this in pride and, and, and be proud of it. Right. Absolutely. So, so I think that's, you know, one of my main missions right now is just is letting people know, like letting these young kids know, um, that you can get in the trades and you could have a great career, whether it's, you know, becoming a lineman like you did, right. Yeah. Or, or becoming a plumber, you know, and, and whatever it is you want to do, but yeah, the, the business, you know, it's, it's doing great. We had our complications with COVID, yeah. but you know, we've been trucking through it and, uh, you know, we've been keeping people safe and, you know, right now that's all we can really do. Yeah. But but you know, the big thing is you, you can't stop, right? You can't let something like uh, like COVID or anything uh, get in your way, especially if you have over 50 employees relying on income from you as a leader, you've got to step up and make it happen. Absolutely. And you know, that, that zero excuse policy, I think just, I mean, it goes also towards leaders as well. You know, um, a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. he owns his own trucking business and stuff like that. He, He's in this shipping. He's highly successful. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's a partner of mine. Anyhow, one of the things he told me about being a leader, an owner is that he never made excuses to the customer. If one of his shipments got, you know, stalled or delayed and it was because one of the truckers decided to stop because there's a lot of casinos in that area, you know, stop at a casino and, you know, just, spend his money there or spend his time there and the shipment got delayed. Mm-hmm. His major thing was he would call the customer. He didn't care. And he would explain to him. He would tell them the truth. He prided himself on speaking the truth, no matter how hard it was going to be. And he would let him know, look, this is what happened. This is one of, what one of my employees did. I will rectify the problem. We will make sure your shipment is going to be there. I guarantee you. And he would go through the whole thing. You know, you didn't try to cover it or sugarcoat it like most leaders mm-hmm. would do today and say, Oh yeah, you know, we, we went through a storm or whatever. No, he told them the truth, no matter how 100%. hard or hard it was going to be. And he prides himself in that. And dude, he is highly successful at what he does. I mean, he's, 
he's up there with like JP Morgan and <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He, he's, 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 he's big time, you know? But, yeah. And it's, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's not, not surprising either, man, because yeah. you know, if you're, if you're, what, what is the most valuable thing in life is, uh, is being a man, man of your word, right? Yes. Like, you know, our, our fathers taught us like, you be a man of your word, son. This is the family. You never disrespect the family and you never disrespect the name. Right. So as a kid, you grow up, you think, man, I'm very proud of where I come from. You know, I'm not going to let my father down or my family down. So you try to stick to your word, you know, I, and I, and I think, you know, with our kids, you know, that's super important to show them is, you know, y- your word is everything. Yes. And, uh, you know, you don't want to be known as somebody who's a liar, who's a cheat, um, because you, you only live once, man. And, and like I say, trust is built over time and it only takes, you know, one thing to, to completely ruin that. Absolutely. I think, uh, who is it who says that uh, trust is built in drops and lost in buckets? I love that saying. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. Hunter, that's a great saying. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And you're absolutely right. We have to be that model for them, demonstrating our own work ethic. You know, that's so important. And when you're showing them not just work ethic, but you're showing them to be a man of their word, a man of their character. When you say this job is going to be done, well, guess what? It's got to be done. You know, definitely. And it's so important in the trades now, especially, you know, and especially with all these guys who are seeing now, like one of the things I want to touch base on is a, a good friend of mine, Gene Gloudman from Line 11 Clothing. You know, he's mm-hmm. a journeyman lineman. He's uh, the assistant director at CalNev Apprenticeship which is one of the hardest apprenticeships to get into for linemen, okay, IBW. Anyhow, he always talks about how a lot right now, cops, right, they're not in a good light right now. So we're getting a lot of guys transitioning from the military that probably were going to go into the police, right, but since they have a bad light on them, they're starting to come into our trade, which is the line trade. And uh, – it's great. He says, he's like, these, these guys have a mindset to to adapt and overcome. He's like, oh, they're aggressive. And that's what you need to be a lineman. You know what I mean? To, to grit through those hard times and stuff like that. And he's like, it's, it's actually pretty awesome to see these guys who are coming with this solid work ethic. And a lot of them are military based, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. other, you know what I mean? For the guys who didn't get it, you know, who, who fatherlessness, they didn't have a father, but they decided to go in the military. They're still getting that work ethic there in place by the military you know they're starting to utilize the skills that they learn which is you know uh, being a man of your word your oath and stuff like that in the military mm-hmm. and they're starting to implement it in these trades and i think that's pretty pretty awesome to see that you know what, what's your take on that um i i think it's great man i mean you know i think i think when uh you know the good thing about the military is there's like there's you know you have the code of honor right yeah there's like this code that you never break, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get people who follow the, you know, the code of honor and believe in that code of honor, mm-hmm. um, you know that immediately these people, you know, are loyal, right? Loyal to the cause. Mm-hmm. And when you're loyal to the cause mm-hmm. and you have, and you follow these core values so ritually, um, those are the best employees, man. I mean, those are the people who are going to get out there you know, like you say, you know, and become linemen, uh, they're obviously one, they're not going to be scared of the job, right? Yeah. They're jumping out of helicopters, planes, whatever. Um, you know, the only difference is, is right now they're not getting shot at. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for them, you know, it's probably natural to get into, uh, 
to get into these jobs, you know, these, these trade jobs, um, you know, becoming linemen or, or anything that they could possibly be put in harm's way. Um, and, and it's unfortunate, you know, to tell you the truth, it's, it's great that these guys are getting out into the trades, uh, but it's unfortunate, you know, that, that cops are looked at this way, man, because, you know, the people out there criticizing cops don't know what it's like to live a day in their shoes. And, uh, you know, seeing the disrespect that they have to deal with is, is very unfortunate, especially today. And to just to touch on that, uh, where do you think that disrespect is coming from? Do you think it's a, a product of uh, the home? The father's not accepting that respect? 100%. 100% it's a product of the home. Uh, because let, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what uh, race, gender, uh, color, or anything like that. You need to respect cops the same way across the board. And I think, you know, who's going to teach that? Yeah. Well, it's going to be us. It's going to be fathers. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, you know, I was never, ever in my life trained um, to disrespect a cop. Mm. Hell, I, I wasn't even trained to disrespect my father and my family. Um, you know, I remember, and I tell this story a lot, you know, my, my father always said, when you walk into a home and you see people or family members, you need to go up to them, say hello, give them eye contact and shake their hand. And if that didn't happen, he was upset. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, if, if my father could instill something like that into me at a young age, um, that same respect for my family across the board happens to anybody I meet. So how does that apply to me in business? Right? So, well, as, as a father, it applies to me, I'm going to teach my kids that same thing because I recognize that if I didn't know that, or my father didn't instill those values into me mm -hmm. that I wouldn't come into the shop every morning and shake everybody's hand mm -hmm. and give them my eye contact that shows them that I respect them. Right. Yeah. It shows them, hey, this, this man is the boss. You know, at my last job, I never saw the boss, right? But he's coming in here like a leader. Yes. And he's shaking my hand and acknowledging me like I exist and, and, and that I'm somebody that is worthy of his attention. Valuable. Exactly, man. And I, and I think, you know, right now with everything going on in the world, mm -hmm. um, what are we lacking? Um, we're lacking fathers. Um that are going to instill values into their kids that are going to benefit them later on in life. Absolutely. You know, with, without those values, right. Those values we might've fought as kids, you know, I might've thought, you know, I think it's pretty messed up dad that you want me to go say hi to everybody because I'm really kind of an introverted shy kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not natural for me to want to go up to people and like, and say hello to them, but that's life. It is, it is, you know, that's life. If you don't go and introduce yourself and show people respect, it's not going to get you, it's not going to get you anywhere in life. That's interesting that you said that your, your own father modeled that for you. And, oh yeah. You know, as, as fathers we're models and I've heard it said where kids are just little pictures with ears. Okay. They pick up on 100%. everything, right? They absorb everything you say and do. And even when you think you're not, they're not paying attention, they actually are. So it's awesome that you were able to pick that up. You saw your dad as a leader, as a model father who showed you, not just told you, he showed you what you mm -hmm. need to do. And you're absolutely right. It's attributed to, uh, you know, we talked about the pandemic of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think people are forgetting the pandemic that's going around that's been affecting fathers and children, you know, fatherlessness. That's oh, yeah. a pandemic no one wants to talk about. And 
that's what I'm trying to bring awareness to, you know, and yeah, definitely. And, 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 and you know, the crazy thing is, uh, you know, with this pandemic, mm-hmm. think about all these kids um, who are in broken homes right now with no fathers, no guidance, moms at work, you know, school was the only stability that these kids had, mm-hmm. you know, that teacher, you know, their, that teacher was probably the one stable person in their life that was actually making a difference. And then now that you take that, that one-on-one interaction, that one-on-one school interaction away from them, um, I think we're going to have a generation of, of kids who could be a little behind in that area. Yeah. I, um, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do online and, and I'm seeing it firsthand. I mean, I have some of, some of my employees right now, you know, they're in the predicament of like, you know, my husband works, I work, um, but I can't leave my kid at home and I have nobody to watch my kids and I can't afford somebody to, to babysit my kids. Right. Exactly. So I, you know, I've, I've made it available for, you know, some of my employees to come in here, set their kids up at a, at a computer so they can learn um, here at my shop. And, uh, you know, this is just one of those modifications that we've had to do to, 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 to help our team mm-hmm. because we, we do have that family environment here. Um, but man, I couldn't imagine like, you know, yeah. my heart pours out for these people, you know? Absolutely. I mean, some of the stuff, cause my wife works at the church, right? And uh, just to hear some of the stuff that goes on, like you said, because now the fathers, for whatever reason, are furloughed or lost their jobs or whatever. Now they're stuck at home with these kids. And, you know, before they didn't really pay much attention to, or Mm -hmm. for lack of better words. And now they don't know how to cope with their children, especially with the online stuff and everything like that. So we're starting to hear stories where kids are committing suicide at the age of seven. I mean, one, one little girl jumped out of a two-story building just to get away from the abuse her father was putting her. I mean, oh, man. that just totally just breaks my heart. You know I mean? Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely very, very concerning. I mean, you know, and I think it's, uh, that's, that's why this is such a great thing you're doing is because, uh, you know, in these situations when, when you have kids that are feeling the need to commit suicide at seven years old, I mean, you know, man, that's just so unfortunate and sad to hear, you know, because I mean, these kids should be watching, uh, you know, Peppa the pig and, you know, whatever other shows are out there that are related to, to kids their age. Right. Absolutely. And I think as fathers, I think one of the biggest reasons that this, this pandemic is happening with fatherlessness is that they have lost their sense of purpose. You know, I, I see that even with, uh, men who are committing suicide or women who are committing suicide, what's the one number one thing they have lost their sense of purpose. They have lost their sense of living. Right. So they need to come back to that awareness that, Hey, a job doesn't define you. Okay. You know, you need to come back to knowing whose you are. And when you figure that out, you'll know who you are, who you belong to, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know what I mean? And as, as fathers, and I'm guilty of this myself, we identify with what we do. You know, I identify with, I'm a journeyman lineman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's a job that I was blessed to be able to get into the trade and do, but that doesn't define me. What defines me Definitely. is being a successful, significant father, a successful, significant husband, one who's there for my kids. I had a, a, another guest on our show. And he talked about how growing up, 
he didn't have all the the bells and whistles you know he came from a family of uh, 15 he was the 14th mm -hmm. child and uh you know that cost a lot of money right well they didn't have you know significant amount of resources or anything that like that but what he did say is that he had a father who was present he had a father who was responsible and he had a father that was committed whenever he needed to play baseball his dad was there for him you know and that's that awesome. meant more to him than having a father who just paid you off by saying okay well i'm not really wanting to play with you but here here's some money here's some money you know go play club ball go do this you know what i mean and when i heard that it was just so profound and it was amazing to hear that that's what he wanted and that's what he received and that was a committed father that we're talking about you know what i mean yeah i think it's you know i i think you hit a good spot there you know it's really important you know gosh and i know this man i mean you know i've been building this business for eight you know probably going on nine years now i believe and uh you know i i've been so focused on making sure that this thing uh doesn't fail right making sure i'm here for you know people at work mm -hmm. and a lot of times um it's hard to shut that off when you get home yeah and you know anybody who's in the trades or runs a business uh you know knows what it's like you know it's you know you leave a stable job to start your own business and then from there it's all on you right yeah and i think the biggest fear um for any business owner or any father is uh you know the biggest fear is failure right okay. they say never be afraid to fail mm -hmm. um but never make it a point to fail right yeah so for me it's you know i always looked at a you know when i started my business i was already into my 30s mm -hmm. and i was saying you know i'm too old to fail at this point i cannot let this thing fail so i've been putting so much time and energy into this um that i that i rely a lot on help at home uh, outside help uh, you know that that's not family um but that's that's like family right yeah now uh, in order to do what i need to do to, to provide for my family but you know just recently you know uh since we've connected even yeah um you know i've been realizing more and more how important it is for me to you know take more time with my kids uh to to, to put my phone down uh when we're eating dinner you know, that it's not going to hurt, you know, for three hours of my night, if I put my phone to the side and just pay attention to my wife and my kids and my family. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that's hard because, you know, <laughs> I'm like married to my phone. You know, yeah. I get my emails on my phone. I, I answer text messages on my phone. I answer calls on my phone. And, and I feel like a lot of times if, if I'm, I feel like if I put my phone down, I'm, I'm missing something. Yeah. Like what, critical thing am I missing right now because my phone is away so while my phone's in the shelf and I'm trying to connect with my family in the back of my mind I'm like what am I missing is there an emergency like I'm in like this like freaked out mode and that's no way for us us fathers to live especially if we expect our families and our our kids to uh to be raised right yeah and, and to connect with us right because yeah once it's time Definitely. I love what you said about that uh when you're talking about how you would go out to other people other than your family, like kind of like a mentor. Yeah. And I think it's important as men. I mean, you know, 100%. if you have a mentor in your life, you know, if, if you take this, for example, you're playing golf. Okay. You suck at golf. You can't drive it off the fairway. Right. So what are you going to do? You're going to hire a coach. Correct. 
So yeah. in any of the areas that you're lacking, that you want to level up in, I think it's important to hire a coach. And for me, 100%. one of my mentors is, uh, you know, I could say his name on here. His name's Steve Weatherford. Okay. Great guy, Christian man, father, entrepreneur, successful, you know, and all he does, you know, but he's still a man. He's still a father. He's still a husband. Okay. And he's always talking about leveling up. And I think it's important to find a coach, find a mentor, you know, just like we are to our kids. When we're stuck somewhere, we need to go to someone and reach out to someone and level up. Definitely. They say that if you hang around with five successful people, well, guess what? You're going to be that sixth successful person. You know, definitely. If you're, the person who's the most successful in your group, you need to find another group. Oh yeah. That's, that's, it's, that's so true. I think it is. And and I think that's the hunt in my life. You know, I, uh, early on, I'm a big fan of, of of Zig Ziglar and, uh, you know, they got this, uh, this wheel like of attributes, right. And each spoke on this wheel represents something that makes you, um, uh, that gives you an opportunity to see where you are, right? Spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, um, relationship wise. Yeah. Um, father, you know, as a father, um, and, uh, you know, all of these spokes represent a value, right? Yeah. So if you can imagine, you know, these spokes and from the inside of the spoke is a one to 10. Mm-hmm. So if you rate yourself in all these areas and it's not a perfect circle, well, then you're not very well-rounded and there's areas you can improve on. So it just creates awareness, right? Yeah. So a long time ago, I, uh, I did this and it was, uh, I went to Ziegler Corp and, you know, they kind of taught us how we should run business because we we're so rookie, you know, we're just rookies at it at the time. Uh, but it taught me so much more. It taught me that, uh, you know, I wasn't only learning how to be a good businessman and leader and entrepreneur, but I was also learning to, uh, to appreciate, uh, you know, my faith, right? My faith in God. Uh, I was also learning to appreciate, uh, being a father and recognize like, how would I recognize myself right now as a father? Am I a one? Am I an eight? Am I somewhere in the middle? Um, but where, wherever it was, um, there was always room to improve. And I'd like to say I'm getting a little better at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, am I, am I where I want to be? No, I I don't think I'll I'll ever be where I want to be because, Mm -hmm. um, we're never going to hit that peak pinnacle in life. No, whether it's in business, with your relationship with God, your relationship with your lady, your relationship with your kids, mm-hmm. uh, it's just always work. Like any relationship is 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 work, and you got to put the time in. Absolutely, and I, I love that you said that. There's no such thing as mastery, right? Yeah. All we can do is put in the work. Guess what? The work is hard, and you're never going to master it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, give yourself that leeway to when you fail. Well, guess what? dust your pants off and get back on that horse, you know? Oh yeah. And I think that's what being a tradesman kind of teaches us. You know what I mean? Cause you're not always going to be successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, and you know, there's always a uh, different technology, different tricks, different, you know what I mean? I've always heard it say six, one way, half a dozen, the other, you know what I mean? So there's six different ways to get to the same end result. You know what I mean? What totally. may work for a tall lineman, doesn't work for my little short ass or butt. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. So you kind of just got to live life and experience it and kind of take 
from other people, other tools, right? Utilize them and make them work for you. And it's the same 100%. thing with even fatherhood. You know what I mean? You can take attributes from what this guy says or what this guy says or what this guy says. And guess what? Put them in your tool bag. Use them in your arsenal. Like one of the things I'm implementing 100%. now is that I like to talk to my children about what they want to be when they grow up. You know what I mean? I ask them. I, I take the time to get in a conversation and just say, hey, what do you want to be? And it, it, might, it may change. You know what I mean? At three years old, they might want to be a fireman or a lineman or something like that. But, you know, it may change later on in life. But you're connecting. It's, it's a way to connect. One of the guests I totally. had the other day, uh, Jeremy Nix, he is a ex-hostage negotiator. And he talks about using open-ended questions to talk to your kids. You know, not anything they can say nice. yes or no to. So he uses that nice. and utilizes to communicate with his children. Ah, that's good. And yeah. I mean, you got to hear it, dude. It, it, yeah. it, it engages. Cool. It it's engages. got me thinking of, hmm, do I do that? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that's important. You know what I mean? Do you ever talk to your children about, you know, what they want to be when they grow up, their dreams or aspirations or anything like that? You know what? Uh, it's, it, it's funny, you know, because mm -hmm. honestly, to tell you the truth, I'm very aware of, you know, when I was young, I didn't want to be a plumber, right? Yeah. You know, I, my dad never really told me I was going to be a plumber. You know, um, I never thought I was going to be one. And when, when I became one, I was, you know, completely shocked because what my grandfather told me yeah. uh, was exactly true. He said, once you get old enough, you got real bills to pay. You're going to find out that plumbing is actually a really good job. And he was 100% right, right? Yeah. So he knows that. I told him that actually not too long ago. And man, he's so, he's so proud. But, you know, with my kids, um, I don't push him to, to get into sports. Now they got to do something, right? Um, it, my thing is this, is whatever they want to be, I'm going to support it, right? Mm -hmm. If they want to be a fireman, they want to be a, a police officer, they want to be a musician, um, <laughs> a lineman, you know, whatever, an electrician, right? Complete opposite of being a plumber. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, I don't care what they do. Is And, and I want to be as supportive as I possibly can mm -hmm. of that. You know, my kids are all little right now, so who knows? Yeah. You know, sometimes they want to have a show like that kid, Ryan. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this kid, Ryan, who opens toys and plays with them, but that's what kids do nowadays, right? As they watch a bunch of YouTube videos on opening toys and playing. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of weird. Yeah, it but is. My, but yeah, my kids are, they're into that. But funny thing you say this is my kids just, or my son came up to me the other day and he said, uh, dad, I want to get into jujitsu. Hmm. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. I want, I want to get into jujitsu, right? And you know, I'm a big fan of Jocko Willink. Yes. And uh, man, I've read his books like on leadership, and I think it's he's got the greatest books on on leadership, right? Yeah, his thing, his big thing is this: get your kids in jujitsu, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't agree with it more because when you're when your kids are are young, it teaches them discipline. Yes. It teaches them that nothing is early or no, nothing is easy, I should say. Yeah. Um, it also shows them that, um, dude, there's going to be times where, you know, where you get hit. Mm -hmm. There's going to be times when you're in pain. There's going to be times where you're doing things that, that are tough that, you know, you might just want to cry. Yeah. You know, and it was funny because I was in practice with him and I dedicate my, my, my hours, like just watching him. Like I sit there and I just, you know, my big thing is like, I'm going to be in the corner and he's, when he looks on the, to the side, like, I'm going to be there to like, be like, you're yeah. doing good. Right. 
because uh, that's God. I would, you know, every kid wants that, right? It's like, look over and be like, how am I doing, dad? Am I doing good? Am I making you proud? You know, so I'm always there for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I saw him there, started doing these like duck walks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like a real stiff, like, yeah, he's stout. Like, like dude, he's like a little stout, like, like little dude. So he's doing these duck works and I could see he's struggling with it, man. <laughs> <laughs> And the, and the professor, right. It, yeah. He's like looking at him and he's like looking at me to see my reaction because he's probably not used to like the dad that kind of watches everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's looking at my reaction and, and I'm just like, you know, like, Nope, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's got to do this. You know, I'm not going to criticize it. I'm not going to intervene, you know, but I see him work with him and, and show him how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, he's, uh, he's doing it. But after practice, I asked him, you know, how, how did you like that? And he's just like, dad, you know, it was, it was good. It was good. I was like, I saw you struggling with your duck walks a little bit. Maybe we can work on that at home or something. And you could show me how to do it. And, uh, like that. And yeah, man. And he was, he was all stoked, man. And you know what, uh, the day later and, and we have actually have practice tonight, but a day later he's like, dad, I'm excited. You're going to pick me up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go pick you up. We're going to go do this thing. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's probably the the funnest part of my day, you know, is, is going and, and seeing him and watching him do this and watching him get out of his comfort zone because he's a lot like I was when I was a kid. And man, I just hung on my mom's leg. And it's funny because I talked to my mom about it. She's like, yeah, you're the same way as your son. And I'm like, man, I, I, I was. She's like, yeah, you're like you and him are like a lot alike. Um, so it's really shed a lot, of, a lot of light when I reflect on myself at that age. Um, to how I reflect on him and how I, how I handle him, you know, him and his, his little personality. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, man, I think it's, you know, support whatever your kids want to do. Um, get them into, get them into things that are going to create discipline and structure because kids need structure, right? Yes. Uh, without structure, they won't be able to function in the, in the real world. Um, and get them out physically doing things. Yeah. You know, I tell my kids, I'm like, Hey, 30 minutes on the video games and that's it done. We're going to go out. We're going to ride bikes. We're going to do something. We're going to get physical somehow. Yeah. Um, because, uh, that's the main thing that's lacking right now. Right. Yes. What do you think we, about like giving your children age appropriate chores and stuff like that? Yeah. I, I think giving uh, kids tasks. I mean, it's just like, you know, for me, I always refer back to, to being a business owner and, uh, entrusting people with tasks, but, I think in general, right, whether in business or as a father, you've got to give people little tasks, right? Give them a little task, monitor that task. If they do it well, well, give them a little bit more of a task to, to, to chew on, right? They get good, start letting the leash go a little bit, start giving them a little more things to build on, right? Yeah. So I believe, yeah, you know, you got to give your kids, uh, you know, tasks to, to accomplish, right? And when they accomplish those tasks, um, you've really got to let them know how much you appreciate what they did and you got to let them know if they did a good job, right? Mm -hmm. Those positive reinforcements will make the hard reinforcements or, or the, or the coaching or critiquing um, a lot better received, right? So whether it's in business with your employees or with your kids, they've got to hear the positive reinforcement more than the negative. That way they accept the negative with open arms. And I, yeah, I love that you touched on that because I, I, I've heard it said over and over again that 10 out of boys 
it's a 10 to one ratio. You got to give them 10 out of boys or out of girls to mm-hmm. one negative, you know, critique, you know? Yeah. And that, that should be the appropriate ratio that you should give to your children, you know, because you don't want to crush them by being too critical. You know, I don't know how many men I've talked to who were too hypercritical with their kids and they just totally just destroyed them and crushed them. And I asked them, why do you think that is? Right. And nine times out of 10, they say it's because I recognize something that they did that they're doing that I used to do and I didn't like it. So I didn't want them to do what I did. So then they started being hypercritical with their kids to where you just totally crush them and it shuts the doors for any kind of relationship at all. You know what I mean? You know, know, it's hard. And it's, it's crazy that you say that because uh, I was just thinking about that actually the other day and I was thinking, man, why am I so, uh, you know, with my kids, I'm very stern with them. I never thought I was going to be the one, you know, the one that was so stern in, in the relationship because my wife, you know, she's, she's tough too. Um, but whenever my kids see me, whenever I get home and my kids see me, yeah. um, it's total, you know, they're, they're very much aware that I'm home. Mm-hmm. And uh, even when it comes to discipline, they know that you know, they're, they're not going to get over on me. And, and then their mom's a little more forgiving. And I think moms have to be, you know, mom's duties are to like be a little more forgiving and to be the one that they can, you know, they yeah, can go they're... hug, hug mom. But, you know, I, I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. And I think, you know, as I was brought up as a, as a kid, I mean, I was, I don't know about you, man, but I was scared of my dad, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the like, only thing like, I've ever feared. <laughs> I was like, mom, don't tell dad, please don't, <laughs> you know, cause I know like, there's only one way this thing's going to end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at a certain point in, in time, like you're scared of it. And then it, it trains your, your kids when they get old enough to test you. Yeah. Right. Then they start getting these like anger, they start blowing up, they start testing. And, and I think that's really unhealthy. And it's something that if you grow up in that environment, and I know you've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. is we carry a lot of the same habits of our upbringing, you know? So a lot of times, like I, sometimes I don't even know it, but um, they're like, dad, you yelled at me. And I'm like, the first thing I think of is, well, do you want me to really like, yeah. yell at you? Like, you want to know what me yelling sounds like? And then I have to like correct myself and be like, what are you, what are you thinking? Like to get out of that mindset, you know, and be more cognizant of how you're, you're reacting to things. Um because sometimes, yeah, sometimes, you know, I, it probably sounds like a yell, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be honest. And, and I think that's something that probably, you know, probably same as you, man. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. you're like, oh man, don't act like that. You're like cognizant of it. And you're like, oh, I, I just, I slipped up, you know, but I think for a lot of dads out there, you know, especially if you grew up in the trades and your dad was a tradesman, you know, you're, you're coming home already, mm-hmm. you know, frustrated, you know, maybe uh your apprentice you know messed something up or maybe this other guy wasn't working as hard as you on the job and you're and you're out there just busting your butt and that frustration comes home and you take it out on your family but you take it out in ways that you don't even know it could be your tone of voice or the the way you react to certain little things that they might do Mm -hmm. um and and for me as a business owner man it's easy for me to come home with my frustrations and, and channel that, that anger and frustration when I get home. And, how, do you, uh, uh, how do you deal with that? Like I, I've, I've talked to other fathers and stuff like that. And I kind of mm-hmm. asked them, you know, 
well, how do you deal with coming home? You know, a lot of them say they take a long drive or they make it, they make the appropriate changes before they come into the house to diffuse themselves from that situation. You know what I mean? Um, I've even had fathers say, Hey, I, I talk to my wife. I'll give them a, I'll call my wife. We'll go over the situations of the day before I get home. That way we're diffusing it and I can totally engage with my children. How do you do that? Well, I think there's a, I still, honestly, to tell you the truth, I'm still finding ways to cope with that. But uh, I, I just started reading this great book. It's uh, it's by Jay Shetty and it's called uh, um, Think Like a Monk, right? Yeah. And uh, I listened to it on audiobook. And whenever I find myself, whenever I start, reacting in a way that I don't want to react mm-hmm. or acting a way that I, that I don't want to act. I listen to this and, and he really uh, breaks it down. Um, he really breaks it down. I mean, he has this thing where, you know, you close your eyes, you breathe in through your mouth, out through your nose, and you do that enough. Um, you can bring your heart rate down, right? Oh yeah. It's called box breathing by uh, Mark Divine practices it a lot. He's another team guy. And, uh, so yeah, so so yeah, just bringing that heart rate down. Um, you know, it could be meditating. Um, I uh, sometimes will listen to some nice calming music. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'll put on some Rat Pack. You know, and uh, you know that'll kind of like get me in a better mood. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? I I, I always uh, think of man. No matter how rough my day was today, like what am I grateful for? I mean, I'm grateful for my kids, my health, my wife, my home. I'm grateful for the opportunity to run the company that I run and, and to have amazing people behind me and supporting me a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, anytime I think of those things, um, that I'm grateful for, man, that gratitude there, uh, grounds me, man. It grounds me. It pulls me like into a state of, uh, of, uh, gratification, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for, for what I have. And then when I get home, I, I just can't, Help it to be grateful for everything, man. I, I pull up to my house and, and I say, man, I can't believe I, I own a house like this. Um, I never thought I would, mm-hmm. you know, now look, I mean, gosh, my, you know, my, I've, I've got beautiful kids. Never thought I was going to have kids, you know, I got a beautiful wife that is like way smarter than me. And it's so far out of my league that damn, I'm grateful for that too. You know? So, uh, so all of these things, I'm just, I'm so grateful for, you know, that, that helps uh, ground me before I get home. I I love that you said about operating from a a level of gratitude. Uh, Wes Watson talks about that all the time, you know, changing your mindset. Dr. Carolyn Lee talks about that and you are what you focus on. Okay. You, you know, uh, Caroline Lee talks about how the mind and the brain are two different things. Okay. And what you're going to focus on, directly affects your life you know so if you're focused on what you don't have how you didn't get that job you didn't get that raise it's going to raise that level of uh the level of uh to where you're you're not appreciative in your life right in in your mind in your thinking so then you're going to have that negative attitude and you're going to bring it back into your own life so i love that you said that you practice thinking on what you're grateful for your family your house, you're successful, all these great things, you know what I mean? And you're surrounding yourself on that, focusing in that mindset. So then when you're able to come home and you come home to your house, you're operating from that level of gratitude towards your children. Now you're 
thankful that they're coming up to you and bothering you, pulling on your legs and be like, dad, 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 you're home. You know what I mean? And I, totally. I, I think that's awesome that you touched on that, bro. I really do. That, that, that's going to help out fathers tremendously. You know what I mean? Me? That's just another tool for them to, to operate with. You know? Well, you know, what's, you know, what's crazy is, is now that I've kind of made a point to spend more time and connect with my kids, uh-huh. they're excited for me to come home now. Absolutely. There was like a, there was a point in time where like it didn't, I would, I would come home and, uh, and they weren't like running up to me, you know, <laughs> They're afraid. And I was like, I was like, man, this isn't the, you know, leave it to beaver, uh, you know, vision of how I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Cause you remember the old leave it to beaver, right? Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd come home and say, you know, I'm, I'm home and everybody run up to him, his wife, his kids. And, you know, I think that's the vision we think of like, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, because that's that like signature man that comes home, you know, worked hard. Mm-hmm. His wife comes up, give him a kiss and his kids come up and hug him and say, dad's home. You know, and I, I think in our mind, you know, some of us think, you know, that is the ideal life, mm-hmm. right? We all want to be celebrated. Yeah. We all want to be, yeah. We all want to know that like, it's one of the six human needs, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be loved and, and, and appreciated and know that, uh, that know that you're appreciated right so for all that you do out there for the family you know you want them to 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 come come to you and love you and uh i didn't get that until most recently and what i didn't realize was i just wasn't deserving of that Mm. you know i wasn't deserving of it because i would come home and i would be on the phone instead of like coming home and saying hey guys how are you how's your day at school today like they weren't the first thing that i went home to like to to see so why, why would I deserve for them to come, to come home and for them to like seek me out? Right. Yeah. Because it's not being reciprocated. Like I'm not doing it. So why, why would they? And but, that, that goes back to, they watch you. You're yeah. the leader, you're the influencer. And if they see you doing what you're doing, coming home and operating with that gratitude mindset and then yeah. implementing it to your children, I mean, it, it totally changes the dynamics and the atmosphere. You know what I mean? hundred percent, man, hundred percent. And if I could tell any dad out there, you know, if you, uh, if you're coming home and your kids aren't running, you know, to give you a hug, um, don't be disappointed, man. Um, don't be disappointed. We've all been there. And this is just a lesson that we learn as fathers. Um, and we have two choices, Mm. you know, we could be angry at it and fail to realize like what the message really is, Mm. or we can look at it and, we could figure out um, what we need to do to be better, better fathers, to be, have your kids, you know, coming to you and, and giving you a hug, excited to see you uh, because we all want that deep down inside. We, we really do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to touch base something on, on this real quick. Andy is uh, people are going to view you. They're going to see you and be like, man, here's a successful guy. You know, this is, he has a beautiful wife, he has children, he's got a beautiful home, he's got a business, all this stuff. We both know that success is derived from hard work and your ability to, to make things happen, your vision, your focus, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, we both know that you and I, that we're still lacking in certain areas in our growth, right? We Definitely. always have work to do in our lives, okay? So what are some of the things that you can leave with our audience right now, leave to our fathers that you're still struggling with. And what are your steps that you're trying to work on, on that area? So I think right now, I think it's, uh, 
you know, me and my wife, you know, we work together, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because we do work together around each other every day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean we're the best at communicating with each other. Um, for any young couple in business together and, and, and running a family, I know you're out there. And even for, for, for you that aren't, don't forget that communication is the foundation of a good relationship. Uh, whether it's with your kids or with your wife, communication is key in inside business, outside of business, in any type of relationship. So make that your number one priority to be a very, very good communicator. Um, second, I would say, you know, support your wife. If you expect your wife to support you, um, give her that equal support, if not more support. Um, because in every family, I don't care what people say, um, the woman is the matriarch of the family. And uh, the woman um, is usually the one who makes you feel like the man, right? Yeah. So uh, we need to realize that, you know, without a strong relationship with our wife, uh, we can't have a strong relationship with our kids, you know? And uh, for all you single dads out there um, raising your kids, or maybe even single moms out there, um, it's it's important to have a good relationship with your with your uh, kids' moms, uh, fathers, uh, the fathers as well. Um, your kids are going to see your relationship, yeah. and uh, you you want them to know that um, even though you know divorce happens. God forbid, even though divorce happens, um, they need to know how a relationship is supposed to, to be after that, right? Yes. Which leads to more of an important question or more, more of a critical question. Um, you know, choose, choose the right person. Uh, choose the right person in life. Yeah. Um, don't, don't choose a woman because she's pretty. Um, choose a woman because of her support for you and what you do, right? Choose each other because you work good together. Um, choose somebody who's gonna be a good mother, right? Somebody who's gonna like be the matriarch of the family, right? Yeah. Because if, if you're able to be aware of that at a young age, you're gonna make a decision that is gonna really affect your life um, years, years to come, years to come. And some of us just get lucky, but I wish somebody would have, uh, Really, and you know, maybe I heard this a lot, but I just didn't listen to it. Yeah. Uh, but just like my aunt told me, you know, um, marry someone. Uh, when you marry someone, you're not only marrying them, but you're marrying their family. So, what is their mother and father's relationship like, right? What is what is your father and mother's relationship like? And if it's not the best, well, then what are you gonna do to? Uh, what are you going to do to course correct the way your life is going to go? Hmm. Um, I think those are probably the most important things. And as far as uh, leaving things at work, um, you know, one of my mentors, uh, Ed Milet, always says this, you know, he, he leaves his phone in the car. And the reason he leaves his phone in the car is because he wanted to give his family 100% when he came home. I like that. Um, you know, he said it was probably the hardest thing he had to do, but he did it for the family. Um, so leave that phone in the car, uh, leave it in a cabinet, 
hide it away and just make a commitment to your family from the time you get home to the time that they go to bed. Because uh, for all of us, uh, you know, working people out there, you know, no matter what trade we're in, uh, no matter what job we're in, um, our family deserves our, our hundred percent attention. I agree. And man, can you agree with this? Don't we all vision ourselves someday, you know, whether it's Christmas or the holidays with your grandchildren, right. Mm-hmm. Um, in your families and in, in your kids, wives and, and husbands, right. Now, don't you vis- visualize them at the table having like a Turkey dinner, right. Mm-hmm. Or a Christmas dinner. Like, and, and, and what does that look like for you? Like, you've got to vision this, you've got to see this. Yeah. And the reason I say vision that is because if you can vision that, you'll start to think about the critical steps you need to take now to make sure that that happens. Um, because I think that's the most important thing in life is, you know, we get distracted with work and business and making money and, and all of these other things. But what do we do this for? Yeah. We do this for the family and kids, right? Absolutely. And how, how great would it be to know that you set such a good example to your kids that they were able to choose like these partners that are amazing because of the example you and your wife put forth. And I like that. That's right. So I encourage everybody, you should always be visioning, right? Vision where you want your business to go, vision where you want your relationship to go, and vision like 20 years down the road when they're calling you grandpa. Yeah. How is that going to look? Because man, that's your legacy. I think that's so awesome that you said that some of the, uh, on, in some of the workshops that I do for, uh, for men, for fathers, you know, for my coaching that I do, I have them create a vision board, you know, create a vision for their life, whether it be uh, success in the workplace or, you know, success with their wife, sex with their children, you know, Definitely. I have them create this vision board that way they can see it and go to it every day and they could know the reason behind what they're doing, why they're getting up at three o'clock every morning. For me, I used to get up every Monday morning, right? Because I didn't want to leave Sunday night because I wanted that one extra day to spend with my children and my wife. So I would leave three o'clock every morning so I can get out of state where I was working by 7 o'clock and be there, you know? And yeah, I was tired. I was working 12 hour days, you know what I mean? I was a foreman, I was in charge of five different guys. That's five different sets of characteristics I had to put up with. And I had to make them safe and I had to make sure they came home with their arms, their legs and their life, you know? Definitely. So with that being said, I made that sacrifice and I did it for my kids, right? I I did it for my family. I mean, that's what kept me going is that vision that I had that, man, I got to do this. I'm doing this. I don't care about me. I'm doing it for them. Definitely. Yeah, having a purpose having a purpose for uh, what it is you do uh, is the, is, is the uh, single most driving force mm-hmm. uh, for anybody, you know, and, and, and the purpose is, you know, the purpose for family, the purpose for business, you know, whatever it may be. Um, just make sure you have a purpose, man. Make sure you have a purpose. But uh, for those of you out there um, who, uh, you know, if you're like me, you know, my vision is, that table, how big is that table going to be, right? Mm. One day. And I hope it's a big table. And I hope that I work hard enough 
to be able to afford a big table and to be able to host my family like that. So all of these little visions are what push me to do good in business and to push me to be the best father I can. Because now what I'm realizing right now is, you know, the steps that I make now with my kids, you know, uh, the values I instill, um, you know, how I, how I look and how I'm portrayed to them is very important. I like that. I want to go ahead and end with this, Andy, that um, there's a scripture that says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul? Now I'm going to take it a step forward, you know, further. Mm -hmm. What does it profit a man, a hardworking tradesman, if he gains that level of success in his life, but he loses his family? You know, we can never get the time back. You can make all that money, you know, you can make six, seven figures and stuff like that. But at what cost? Put your family first, put your priorities first, you know, your wife, 100%. your kids. 100% man. I mean, that's what we do it for, right? Exactly. We do it for the family. We do it for the kids. We do it for a better life. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, all of us want to give our, our kids that financial edge, right? We all want to, we all want to make sure our, our families are safe. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure that uh, we're providing. Yes. And, uh, but we also want our kids to know that, you know, even though we're doing all of this, we're, you know, daddy's here for you too. Absolutely. And it's, it's all about leaving that legacy like you talked about. You know, what are 100%. we doing with kids? You know, um, having an insurance set up, you know, uh, daddy's, uh, daddy, what is it? Um, Townsend Russell, he was a host. Do you remember him from the, from the oh, yeah. summit? Definitely. He touched base on having life insurance and stuff like that. I'm seeing that now, especially with my younger brother. You know, he passed away recently and he left a legacy for his kids for his wife. You know, he didn't leave him with a pile of bills and all kinds of stuff. You know, she left him with insurance policies and stuff like that, just to take care of, you know, he was 38 years old. No one ever thinks you're going to go to be at home with the Lord at 38, you know, and unfortunately he did. And, you know, he at least had that mindset to say, Hey, I'm going to take care of my kids, you know, just in case I'm gone. So, you know, they're going through 100%. that. And we're thankful for that. And Andy, I just want to close brother. I know you're extremely busy. I thank you for, for being on here, dude. I mean, it's always a pleasure. I love you and your family guys. You guys are doing awesome things. Um, how could people get a hold of you, especially with your modern day trades and stuff like that? Um, you can you can get a hold of me uh, through uh, www.moderndaytradesman. Or I'm sorry, www.themoderndaytradesman.com. Put themoderndaytradesman.com. Um, you can contact me through that. Our, the website is like almost done. Um, so you'll be able to reach me there. Um, you know, you could, uh, also reach out to me on social media, um, on Instagram. Uh, my handle is, uh, the modern day tradesman, um, on Facebook, um, the modern day tradesman as well. So you guys can reach out to me on there and there'll be different outlets for you guys to reach out to me on. And, uh, you know, if anybody ever has any questions, um, you can reach out to me. You know, I'm always, uh, always there to help out anybody, whether it's in business or, you know, uh, you know, with family and stuff like that. Look, I'm not the most perfect person. Um, and, and, and nobody is right. But, uh, I can share anything that I've been through and, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll help people out. So I'm, I'm here to help as well. I definitely think it will, Andy. I mean, your, your, your level of success and just coming from where you came from and stuff like that is just an inspiration to other fathers out there who are tradesmen or are looking to make that transition from, the trades to 
spending more time with their kids, becoming an entrepreneur or whatever. You know what I mean, you're, you're the perfect example. And I like to get fathers on here that can show that, Hey, this is, this is attainable. You got to have a vision. You got to have a goal. I thank you, Andy. And yeah, thank you. You're awesome. you know, so, so happy to be a part of this brother, dude. I, I love everything you're doing, man. I'm a hundred percent behind you, dude. And anything you ever need, man, I'm here for you, bro. Uh, I, I appreciate it. And likewise with us too, dude, I, I put everything, you know, Andy Aranda, modern day tradesman. I'm always tagging. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Love you guys. I appreciate Joe. you. Have a, a happy Christmas, you know, and, and everything like that. And we just, we just thank you. Bro. Appreciate you. Yeah. Have, have fun and think about that dinner table. Number dinner one table. thing. Yes. <laughs> awesome. brother. Thank you.